Welcome, welcome to a very special Wednesday with myself, Andrew, and who's that across from me? Is it the Matt Brevner, the? Good morning. It's a throwback. Yes, it is. We're here. <laughs> well, we're not here, actually. I'm in my home studio. I made the mistake of doing exercise. Matt Brevner hurt my back a little bit, so I'm, oh, I'm no. uh, yeah, it's a mistake is never exercise, I think is the lesson we're getting here. <laughs> never play baseball when you haven't played it in a couple of years. But how are you doing, my friend? Yeah, I'm doing well. The coffee is hot. The tea is hot. Looking at today's news, too. And uh, I'm excited mm. to be here with you today. It's been a little while since we've done this, Andrew. A few months. For sure. So, yeah, this is good. For sure. And we've got lots to get to today from Canada. Justin Trudeau. So many wonderful stories. Every time we have stories about Justin Trudeau. They're wonderful, they're loving, they're caring, just making our country a better place. So let's get into it. We are rebelnews.com slash live streams for your daily live streams. And of course, you can interact with us through the paid chats on Rumble, Rumble Rants, and Odyssey on Hyper Chats. Or you can try to chat with everybody in the unpaid chat on YouTube because they hate us there and we are demonetized on YouTube. So you can't interact with us that way, but we will read any questions, comments, or concerns on air, uh, comments about my hair. Comments about what type of tea Brevner is drinking, questions about his music, questions about, you know, anything you want, really. And we will get to those. So the first story is Justin Trudeau, of course. We want to pull this one up. He's been the master, I think, in the entire Western world and maybe now the entire world of keeping things locked down and just a little bit of a shade into communism. Trudeau, as the National Post says, one of the only Western leaders to mandate masks on trains spotted maskless on a train now brevner i want to hear what you have to say about this but we should be clear as the national post states that it wasn't on a federally regulated train it was on some sort of steam engine in bc are you familiar with this i'm not i'm not familiar with the steam engine but i mean <laughs> it's funny to see uh, trudeau obviously he's just tanking in the approval polls in bc so he's out here trying to you know show face with his brand new haircut and uh, it's um, it's just a, it's a little bit tone deaf. I think it's funny that the National Post is covering it because they're probably like, oh, man, I can't believe this guy had the had the gaff to be on a train without wearing a mask after he's been pushing so hard for it. So we better write about it before Rebel does. So <laughs> that's, that's, exactly. that's how I kind of felt reading this National Post story. Like he's getting so ridiculous that even the people he's paid he's paying for can't can't cover him anymore and i think this is a perfect example of that with a baby well i love that photo oh, too. You, he's like you the, gotta the have baby a baby is like mouth open it's like it's like a like you know like when a, a mother bird feeds a little bird like look that's that not even baby a baby mouth. that's like Directly, a four-year-old <laughs> well that four-year-old is is out on something but yeah, <laughs> that can't be safe <laughs> no it's on federal trains like via rail it's unsafe to be traveling without a mask on a regular train, uh, perhaps a steam engine train from the 1700s, it's safer, you know, because the steam dissipates all the toxins in the air. So you can get up close and personal. I'm making that up, obviously, for anybody who doesn't realize. You can get up close and personal with people and hug them. And it's not unsafe, of course. And uh, we know how the virus works. That's why I've got my Tim Biebs behind me. Where is it? Right here. Because we're celebrating Justin uh, Bieber and his partnership with uh, <laughs> the vaccine <laughs> side effect. I don't even want to say it. Producer Efron was like, why don't you mention? <laughs> but like poor Justin Bieber. They uh, took Justin Bieber away from us, you guys. And now Tim Hortons, this is in honor of Justin Bieber, not Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons took Justin Bieber away from us. Justin Trudeau took Justin Bieber away from us. And now Tim Hortons takes camp away from children. So just so everybody knows, I'm honoring the Biebs, not the Tim part of it. Um, and everybody's saying Matt Brevner about how Justin Trudeau looks like uh, Lloyd from Dumb and Dumber, played by Jim Carrey. That was the most obvious thing. Now, this guy's got $3,500 a pop for his photographer, but apparently he's going to super cuts on the weekends. I don't know. <laughs> Did he? Do you think he took an actual just bowl and just shaved around it? Is this uh, one comment I saw was he's trying to not look like Justin uh, um, he's trying to look less like uh, Fidel Castro, and that was. And then uh, maybe we should play into this a little bit, Matt. Uh, this is right around the time our Justin Castro T-shirt has been flying off the shelves. Um, mm. somebody mentioned in a meeting the other day that it, it's flying off the Rebel News store right now. So maybe 
he saw that and he's like he's in a he's in a rage at 2 a.m he's like i don't look like castro and he's shaving his head with a bowl on top of it and they're like no justin please stop there it is it seems to me like maybe he's trying to recapture a little bit of that youthful glow that got him elected the first time uh, at now 50 he's like struggling to look young i think i don't know it's maybe this is like an, a, a pre-election campaigning haircut that was the vibe i kind of got maybe there'll be a snap election but yeah the, the resemblance is Terrifying. Yeah, this is a deep fake <laughs> of his face on it. It worked pretty well. Oh man, that's truly disturbing. Now, yeah, that's I thought a classic just scene. the language in this article. The language in this article, I thought was really funny too. And like the second paragraph, it talks about how uh, you know, even though this isn't a federally regulated train, presumably COVID nineteen can still spread on it. Like you know, this. this <laughs> What? Like, of course, of course it can. That's so ridiculous. Who's it's the just... writer on this one? Can we scroll up? I like exposing the writers who do this. Um, uh, Tristan Happer, Hopper. Um, I like that they were going, They like you just said, they went like 25% of the way. We just need them to edge a little bit over that 50% margin. And uh, maybe, presumably, this virus also <laughs> doesn't choose which type of train it goes on. Um, but, you know, presumptions... Uh, get the best of us sometimes the other story that justin trudeau is making headlines for is he's criticizing hockey canada this might be fair but i don't think he would uh do it unless asked um calls this hockey canada fund to cover sexual misconduct claims unacceptable i mean he may think that it's unacceptable but uh the reality is that so many huge organizations have this you know the nfl has so many domestic violence cases um that they have to use like legal funding to cover not even cover up just to you know to fight in court to fight out of the papers i mean this is a standard thing and i'm not defending the practice that there might or might not be sexual harassment or assault cases in hockey canada but to point out that a company a large body of a company should not be allowed to have money put away to cover up bad pr is almost like saying like justin trudeau isn't allowed to run away from cameras. He's not allowed to run away from you. He's not allowed to stop uh, Drea Humphrey from asking him questions. I mean, Justin Trudeau has fought off blackface, uh, not even accusation stories. He's uh, taken, you know, rides on helicopters. He's not supposed to take rides on. He's shoved a woman. He's got the stuff from when he was schooling, which he may or may not have been involved in stuff there. He's got so many things that he's allowed to use lawyer money and uh, have funds for put aside to cover up or to get out of the press or however you want to word it, uh, battle in court. But other companies aren't allowed. So it's just it's almost like Donald Trump coming out and being like, Joe Biden shouldn't be putting money towards a TV show or a board game or anything. <laughs> like you can't just criticize yeah. people's stuff that you do yourself. And I and I get that uh, it's ugly and that people don't want to think that companies do this. But uh, look at like USA Gymnastics. I bet you they have some money put aside at this point for uh, sexual harassment claims. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's just whole thing seems like it's a little bit of a non-issue. Like, wouldn't every governing sports body? have a legal fund for contingencies that are not insurable because i don't think of this course. is the way this is worded it tells me it's not a specific hey in case there's sexual uh, assault uh, claim this is the legal fund specifically for sexual assault no it just says for the things that aren't covered by insurance so isn't that completely understandable for any like governing sports body or any institution anyways it just seems like trudeau is like hey look over here look at me hockey doing something insert wokeism into hockey barbaric sport that is polarizing between you know mm. national pride blah 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 yada yada yeah this seems like a per uh, perfect perfect photo op for him to even insert words like i think it's hard now for anyone in canada to have faith or trust in it like shut up about faith and trust <laughs> what do you know about faith and trust like seriously i'm not like <laughs> this is ridiculous like you lost me bro you lost me at faith and trust that precede all the rhetoric to follow that statement like i don't i couldn't care less about, about what he had to say about faith and trust and it's uh, unfortunate that you know i'm not saying that what's happening especially considering the, the juniors is acceptable or tolerable or something that we shouldn't look into fixing but i don't know if that has anything to do with like a, a legal fund that's set aside for any sort of you know incidentals like it seems 
it just seems to me like another way for the federal government to insert themselves into things that it doesn't need to insert themselves themselves into, especially by creating this. It, it talks about the uh, there's a new minister or something, a, a sports integrity commissioner. So I gotta <laughs> imagine that's a that's a six figure position now that's been created right. to oversee the third party audit. That's also gonna cost six figures to now see if Hockey Canada is allocating its money properly, which you know. Which will eventually involve diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, yeah, exactly. Budgets. And you hit the nail on the head there. And, and at times like these, I wish we had uh, Rebel News' Dakota Christensen on, you know, speakerphone to do the Trudeau impression. But uh, <laughs> I think you're completely right. Hockey something they've been trying to, you know, tear down. is this mostly white barbaric sport that, you know, symbolizes Canada in a way we don't really like it because, you know, um, like other sports, it has a predominant uh, ethnicity that most of the players are, and it's usually white guys in uh, in in hockey, and they have to find some way. And by they, I mean far left progressives have to find some way to find a problem with it because there isn't really that many problems with it. They've had problem a couple problems with racism in in minor hockey, and that happens in every sport, especially soccer. That happens. Uh, racism happens, but it happens in every sport. But there's not this like huge hammer that comes down. You know, they're not as politically active as the NBA. They don't have like uh, end racism on the back of their helmets like the NFL. They did the whole BLM thing, and they had like two guys kneel in hockey, um, and that lost a lot of fans. I think their campaign there. And the thing is, Matt, and I'm sure you know that hockey players conduct themselves very strictly they're always in suits they're always just you know like well you know we just got to hit them harder next time we got to play two-way hockey they're very vanilla in their answers and they don't give much to complain about by way of press but the canadian sports press you know is there to try to make a problem out of things like they've always done remember going back to the sean avery days shout out sean avery they really hammered him and dion Phaneuf and involving uh, his girlfriend and all this stuff. And they're always on them looking for the controversy every day. And I think the Canadian press headed up by CBC who works for Justin Trudeau currently is looking for that place to, you know, wedge themselves in. And as you said, they're going to, now we're making more bureaucracy out of it and they need oversight. And now we know as with any institution, including city councils uh, in, in my home region here in Ontario, we've got to create a diversity board and we've got to create, you know, all these activities that show how diverse and inclusive we are. And usually, Matt, they end up being, you know, failures, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it. There was a famous one here, I think. Uh, maybe the producers can look this up. Uh, there was a scavenger hunt, I think, in Whitby, a diversity scavenger hunt that uh, ended up sounding very racist. And uh, I want to—I don't want to misstate anything because these are people's names attached to this. But if we can find that, I know that happened. There's also a very famous uh, wall poster, which is from uh, Whitby, Ontario, Canada, where it um, I think it's as long as five or six years ago, where they had the longest acronym for, you know, LGBTQI plus AAP. That was from a Whitby Teachers Association. So right around where I live in the Durham region in Ontario here, there's so much of that. They try to force it into city council, school boards and everything. And. I think it's just inevitable at this point in Canada as a whole and in left-leaning states in the U.S. I don't know how you feel about that or if you want to move on. Yeah, I agree. And I think even even furthermore, it's it's just classic Marxist deflection by the government. Oh, there's there's all-time distrust in institutions. So let's let's cast distrust on an institution so that we can look like we agree <laughs> with. But, you know, that's, that's just Trudeau being Trudeau. I, if I if I if I these days overthink anything that he's doing beyond, Hey, this is just a photo op because he thinks, you know, it's going to give him a bump in the polls. And we've already COVID has already proven that our politicians literally make policy based on public polling from institutions, which they pay for to do the polling. It's just this big human centipede centipede thing that's happening in Canadian politics, man, my head would explode. So I think this is just Trudeau being Trudeau, to be honest. Matt Brevner watching Human Centipede on loop from 3 to 6 a.m. every night, you guys. Um, our friend and my big brother, Andrew Lawton, over at True North. Yeah, laugh it up, Matt. Uh, um, he released a book. It's in my house currently. I wish I could jump over all the tables here and go get it quickly for you guys. 
but uh, he released a convoy book from his time in Ottawa, I believe. And Indigo says we don't want to sell that. Can we pull that up? So probably, I'm not sure, one of the biggest change def- chains definitely in the book selling market in Canada. Indigo refused to put best-selling Freedom Convoy book on its shelves. Now it's a uh, palatable book. It's not too expensive. I think it's 20 bucks. It's flying off the shelves. It's available on Amazon. No matter how you think of them, I'm sure you can buy it through True North as well. But Canadian bookstore giant Indigo is refusing to sell the Freedom Convoy, the inside story of three weeks uh, that shook the world in its stores, despite the book being a bestseller written by True North journalist Andrew Lawton. The book continues Lawton's uh, reporting, oh, sorry, combines Lawton's reporting and exclusive interviews with organizers and strives to tell the whole story of what happened in Ottawa during the convoy. Now, Matt Brevner, let's put on our thinking caps and let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Why would why would they say they don't want to sell this in their stores? Well, I think this is pretty on brand for Indigo. If you think back to the beginning of the pandemic uh, in B.C., they had a Paralympian with no arms forcibly removed from one of their locations because she could not wear a mask. She literally could Mm -hmm. not wear a mask on her face, so they forcibly removed her. And then later we had, also in BC, uh, Indigo, four protesters who were arrested and charged with assault uh, for not wearing masks in in their... So this is just after a long line, long line, long line of them being against uh, the populist movement in Canada. Let's just say that, put that broadly. But I wonder how many other populist movements or or books documenting populist movements in other countries even contemporarily that they've that they carry in their in their store like i would be shocked if there are no books on what happened in in uh egypt uh four or five years ago in in the space like it's just that's the thing about this like regressive progression you know champion causes that we claim to stand for overseas but then regress them domestically so i don't know indigo sucks (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm I'm fairly certain, and and please show us if there's a quote in this article from Indigo. But I'm guessing that they would say, you know, it's dangerous rhetoric. Crimes were committed. Um, it was condemned by the federal government. We don't want to support crimes being committed by people and showing that in a book. And if that's the standard, well, that's insane. Um, then you can't talk about anything. He's a reporter. He's not, you know. And even if he was just. If, even if Andrew Lawton was a trucker spewing <clears throat> propaganda that was false about the trucking convoy, you should still allow that to be sold and printed. Um, but I wonder how much this actually happened, you know, let's say pre-2016. Did it happen all the time? You just never heard about it. Let's say if somebody had a book against Al Gore's An Inconvenient Truth out there, would it have been published and because nobody really cared back then? Or would it have been silenced and we just didn't hear about it? I'm guessing it would have been put out in their stores because once Trump got into office, as we all know, everybody had to go all systems go because the world was falling apart and uh, we have to take sides. Now, everybody from Nike to Coca-Cola to, you know, the racist Disney characters that we're seeing these days um, at theme parks, everybody's got to take their sides now. And it's everybody's time to, you know, rise up as they say, Matt Prevner, nobody can just like whatever happened to these days where it's like, uh, yeah, I'd rather make money than, you know, fight every single little battle. Like is Matt or sorry, is Andrew Lawton's book going to cause so much political damage to you that it you can't sell it? Is the fact well, that it's available sure. in stores? I'm not sure if it's a reflection of the politics of the board at Indigo or more so a reflection of Canada and the culture that we've created here. Right. Because. If you look at, for example, like North American, those, those same industries you just listed, look at their advertisements during June domestically and then look at them overseas. So maybe, just maybe, you know, Indigo thinks that if they stay on this lefty train, they'll make their bottom line will be better off for it. Um, I you think, know, well, mm-hmm. I was we also say... don't have alternatives, right? Yeah, we there's really not very many book chains. Like the alternative is the alternative is Rebel News and is True North and you know and is Western Standard, etc. So you know, it, I think it, we would feel the effects of it less if there were larger larger uh, bastions for free speech within our society. They just don't really exist. So because of that, 
it feels isolated. I think if, if a private business wants to run their business based on their politics, I think that's fine. But I think it also is incumbent upon people like us to also create businesses and institutions to give things that we believe in a fair shake. For sure. And there's been plenty of places like online outlets that have popped up. There's independent publishers. And I learned recently, Matt, that it must be way worse in Canada because there aren't very many publishing houses in the United States anymore because everything's pushed online. So in order to get a book published, you literally have to book a slot as if you're releasing a movie on a Friday. Um, So in order to publish a book in the United States, there's only a few of them left. So if you get cut out by some of these big, printing houses printing presses then you're probably going to suffer and that says something about the industry as a whole not making as much money but if you put that on a micro scale to canada because we're about one-tenth the population or somewhat in that regard or sorry in that realm of the united states population there's way fewer options and that's the, to the benefit of the government and to whatever ruling ideology there is i mean I like to pose this to people because so many people see Donald Trump as the worst person in the world. What if it was, you know, you were in Canada and we had a Trump-esque person in charge and that was the dominating narrative. Would you want a right-wing indigo or indigo equivalent to say, you know, we're not going to allow any books by AOC or Bernie Sanders or Jagmeet Singh or anyone like that. Greta Thunberg can't come and sell her book in our stores. Is that the world you want? And, you know, most of them will still say, um, yeah, but that's not the right thing. We're like truly no introspection about people having other opinions. It's I'm right. And let's throw the other people in jail, which is basically what this is. It's, Andrew Lawton's so egregious and the truckers are so egregious that we can't even hear their words. They can't even have their written word be shown to our customers because it's so dangerous. Andrew Lawton well, says, I'm humbled by how much support there has been with, for my book. And the book title, The Freedom Convoy, disappointing that a company I grew up buying books from doesn't think their customers are interested in it. I don't even think that's it. Go ahead, Matt. No, it's definitely not it. In spirit, I I agree with you. Um, unfortunately, I think we're at a time in, we're at an intersection in North America right now where, um, because I believe there's been a mass fall away from traditional uh, like religion uh, by the general population, Morality has become conflated with politics, where traditionally people in Canada are mostly center and you're either center right or center left, but now everything's polarized. Um, so, yes, I would like to say that, yeah, I would agree with you. I think it, we should be able to, um, by my standards anyways, and my understanding, like everyone should have a free platform. Where I draw that line, however, is like I'm opposed to the SOGI program in BC, like the, the sexual education agenda for young kids. I think that's egregious. However, there are people that are on the left that believe that that's, it's actually dogmatic for them. And they believe that it's right. It has nothing to do with politics. And it's right for their, them to be able to teach children this way because of it falls in line with the pillars of their religion and the inclusivity, equality, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there needs to be like a shuffling of the deck at this point, because we can't even agree on basic concepts like what is a woman, what is a man, what is uh, perverted, what is righteous. Like it's weird, the duality that's been created now between these words. Um, and I think this, this you know, example with Andrew Lawton is just a perfect example of the side effects of that. Despite my personal beliefs and my personal understanding in politics, I think it's terrible what they're doing. However, putting myself in the shoes of that as much as I can for a second, I can see why they're, they think this way. I don't agree with it. I think it's dangerous, mm -hmm. but I can see why they think this way. All right, we've got way more Canadian stuff to come. We're going to take a short break. We've got a, an art director who's right in line with the diversity and inclusion uh, motif there. And we've got a little bit more Canadian news before we get to the fake handcuffs that rang through the District of Columbia last night. So we'll see you in just a bit to talk about those topics. <laughs>
rebelnews.com slash live streams for your daily feed of the greatest live stream in Canada, perhaps nay the Western Hemisphere with Matt Brevner. You know, you know everything he's done, his music topping the charts. The last song he put out, well, not the last song, you put out another song since then or two, but um, your lockdown, anti-lockdown song also flew off the charts. Did you face, did you try to put that anywhere other than online and face any backlash from that? Or was it just all fun and good from our times on YouTube and Spotify and all those other things? Well, this is the first song. I released it through my typical distributor, uh, which sends it out to DSPs, which is a a digital streaming platforms. And this is the first song, like, it took over a month to get it on Spotify and Apple and usually like longer than it should. Usually it's like a one week to two week window, but this took six weeks. So coincidence, I don't know. No one will ever know Matt Prevner. So there's a Canadian art gallery now. <laughs> exactly. Right. Unless we get a, a, a leak as they always do in the Supreme court, Canadian art gallery is hiring as we mentioned. And you know, like, Matt, it seems the last three weeks, I'm just predicting everything that happens. I said, you know, uh, it's always going to end up being a job for diversity and equity inclusion. Now a Canadian art gallery is set to pay, what was that, an anti-racism and inclusion director up to 123. We'll just type in one, two, three. That's a good number. Um, Scroll down (laughs) here. Which art gallery is this? The National Gallery of Canada has posted a job ad for an anti-racism and an inclusion director that will pay them between 90.9 and $123,000 per year full-time job for an indefinite term. Uh, And here's the job description, quote, reporting to the chief strategy and inclusion officer. So there already is a chief strategy and inclusion. Um, How are we going to display our art? And but also, how are we going to make our art displays inclusive Um, is a job, I guess. The director, anti-racism and inclusion um, will lead the development and implementation of the NCC's justice, equity, diversity, inclusion and accessibility, short form Jedi and A which of course was uh, not not an accident by whoever made that acronym. Action plan with a focus of anti-racism and anti-oppression practice. So what does this mean, Matt Brevner? What the hell does this mean? You're an art gallery, so are you going to make sure that you focus art? You have art displays that focus on oppression and anti-racism? How about just do that without saying it? How about just include all good art, no matter what category it may lie in? There's tons of art out there from slaves there's tons of tons of art out there from people who had slaves there's tons of books out there that were anti-slavery there's tons of art in every category that's good do we really have to pay a person paid by the government government i'm guessing um to seek out more of this stuff as like this is literally just injecting this stuff for the sake of injecting it because why because they always end up wanting $123,000 $123,000 in a position of power at a right. major institution. This isn't about, you know, we need more art in these categories because you could just do that if you really wanted to. The art director could do that. You could hire uh, somebody to put together an exhibit that focuses on that. Art galleries do that and museums do that all the time. You can go to the ROM in Toronto to find an exhibit for three months on one specific thing. No, this is because somebody said, hey, you guys don't have this category uh, working there. This is a place where I can have money and power and therefore now it must exist or else you're racist. Yeah. The, the art world is extremely political and extremely hierarchical and how, how art is valued and assessed is oftentimes based upon the opinions of people like this position that's about to be created. Um, I, this is, I, I know more than most people about this industry however i am very ignorant about a lot of it too like um i do understand that well i would imagine canada does a pretty good job at including especially asian and indigenous art in its in its uh in our institutions and in our art galleries there's plenty of initiative for that and i think that's great especially if it's publicly funded space it should be a represent a representation of the public arts especially in arts you know in something like uh uh policing or firefighting or engineering no i think that that should be whoever's like definitely the most qualified but if something that's arts and culture i think it's the arts should represent the culture 
broadly. And I think that's great. However, hyper politicizing it with something like this, I don't see how that helps. Like if people really cared, why didn't, if the government really cares, why don't they just pump a bunch of money into, you know, disenfranchised communities for art initiatives and then celebrate the artists that come from these communities, you know, because ultimately, you know, artists, by the time they show in galleries, they make no money because they have to take all of this time working on commission or just on on spec, meaning they're creating things, hoping people will buy them. They spend months and months and let's say you're an artist in Vancouver, you got to spend four grand a month for your, your studio. You got to spend a thousand bucks a month for your supplies. And then when you finally get a, a gallery to show your work, they take 50% right off the top. So oftentimes you're just creating art to break even hoping that these big exhibits like in these galleries for example will get you art or placements or commissions into private private collections so a lot of this is just you know fat that's getting trimmed and i don't really yeah it's you you nailed it man it's just look at the good job we're doing to help people but like i don't know if that's actually true or how much help that actually uh will will you know provide i mean my sister not to make things too personal, but my sister is a very accomplished fine artist. She's showed all over the world multiple times in Vancouver Art Gallery. And she's, you know, explained to me that there is uh, some, and because I, I, I tend to lean, obviously I lean right. And I'm like, well, what's, everything is even, everything's inclusive. In art specifically, there is a lot of politics. And she's explained to me as a female, she has a hard time getting gallery placements over some of her male contemporaries, even though she's more qualified, meaning she's sold more, she's got more press, she's got bigger social numbers, et cetera, et cetera. So from my understanding, there is a little bit of obviously nepotism because in something subjective like art, where value is literally based on opinion, there's bound to be nepotism in that. So I think there could be some reform. I don't know if this is the way though. I really don't. Um, well, on that topic, I remember there is a content creator and a woman named Martita Marcota, who was, you know, for all that it is, she was like banned from the burlesque scene in New York for being right wing. And like, it really infiltrates everything. And I want to expand on one of the points you made about why don't they just give it to people directly? And I think that's the exact point is they don't want to actually directly help people. You see that a lot now in the United States where it's, you know, couple billion here couple billion there for ukraine okay it's great that you want to help ukrainian people i don't agree with the money being sent there but if you have just you know uh 1.4 billion dollars to throw around to another country where's the 1.4 billion dollars to you know uh take the homeless people off the streets the california's gavin newsom talks all the time about how big of an economy california has but they also have the most homeless population in probably north america I'm going to guess, I, I don't know if there's numbers coming out of Mexico and Central America about that, but I'm going to guess California's is higher. And if you have all this money laying around, why don't you put it directly to these people? And I think the answer to that is because we can create bureaucracy out of it and a never ending job that is now getting filled for $123,000 a year in this case. And another example I often use in, for the United States is they don't have free health care. Now, not, whether or not I agree with that is a different story. But if you just have the money sitting around that you can send to Iran in a pallet of cash like Obama did, or you can send pallets of cash to the Ukraine, or you can give money to the Paris Climate Accord or the WHO or the World Economic Forum, then why can't you just pay for these things? Like the money is there, whether you agree with it or not, it's a different story, but the money is there to just directly help people. And if you're blowing all this money in all these other places anyways, why not just give it to the people? Why not take this $123,000 that's going to go into some person's pockets who's just going to be like, oh, I have a plan and it's to be hire only, you know, uh, Northern Ontarian artists of uh, native descent who are also two spirit and who also agree, who have also voted for NDP. No, just go and give them say, Hey, here's $20,000 to 12 different artists, create something that we will show at our government funded, you know, art galleries mm. across the country. And we will promote you that way, like a bursary, but no, they don't want to do right. that. They want to put somebody in, in a position right. of power that they probably don't and, have to leave for, for a decade. And for someone to say, oh, well, they are those things already exist, like the Canadian Arts Council. Yeah, they do exist. But have you ever tried to apply for a grant for one of those things? I have. You have to write like a 100-page document. It has to be written by a professional grant writer. So how many artists do you know 
that are willing or have the resources or even capable to fill out a hundred page legal document so that they can get five grand to paint something like it's not going to happen then that's why we just put it on the internet well exactly but it's the same institutional artists that are that are and agencies you know writing grant applications on their behalf that are receiving all of this grant money but the problem with initiatives like this you know broadly speaking i hope that this is different but the problem with initiatives like this is they're actually better off just burning $123,000. And the reason why I say, <laughs> say that, no, they, they literally are. Because the problem of in implementing another gatekeeper in, into something that's subjective as, as art is dangerous. Because now this person is going to completely affect the culture. And, you know, as an artist, if you're creating with the, how am I going to pay rent in mind, you're going to tailor your work to the marketplace, which, you know, in some places is good in some ways is good, but in some, for like a viable art market. But when the, the, the mass of artists are creating with that in mind, the, the true breakthrough and the revolution and the crew, the true creative genius isn't allowed to given an opportunity to break through that because people just start creating the things that they're supposed to create. So I, I think initiatives like this are actually harmful to the, the health of the the arts culture in Canada as a whole, and that's that's you know, I really do think they'd be better off just burning it, to be honest. But my two cents. All right, let's move on to Canadian Tire. Um, some of you may recall that Canadian Tire is one of the most egregious companies in Canada in terms of masking. There's people being assaulted by st- by their security staff in some places, uh, quote unquote, alleged, unalleged. Um, there, they were plenty of videos we got sent. I made a video about it, I think last year, um, or in 2020 about how many people emailed us with video and complaints about being kicked out of Canadian tire for not wearing a mask or being verbally abused. And in some cases assaulted a Canadian tire. So take this with a grain of sympathy salt when you hear this story, because there's a boycott Canadian tire going around. No, don't boycott (laughs) them when they're taking away your your civil rights (laughs) as a Canadian, but boycott them uh, for maybe possibly, but probably not supporting a shooting range. People are in blog to as we know, one of their uh, lead uh, editors admitted on the Dave Portnoy show that they make titles and they make articles simply for rage clicks. They said rage click sells. So that's what you can also look forward to for any blog to article, knowing that they openly and purposely write things just to get you to click on them, which of course everybody does, but they don't care about the content of the story. They care about getting you to click on it through your rage and they don't care who it hurts. So back to the story, please from blog to stay in the loop with the blog to newsletter. I'm going to say no. Uh, what was the title there again? People are now boycotting Canadian Tire. done for decades. Which is sell guns. So what ended up happening here is somebody was promoting a women's uh, shooting gallery or a shooting event. Can we scroll down there? Uh, let's go right to the, I don't care what this person says. Let's go right to the article there. Let's click on that image, please. Uh, no, up, 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 up. Yeah, this image, let's blow that up. Because the blog TO writer just wants you to get enraged. So let's go right to the source. Whoa, hey, Canadian Tire, care to comment? So Guns and Heels, a women's shooting event in where? On the East Coast somewhere. Um, and they have put a Canadian Tire logo on it. This person, you know, made a circle, then drew over their circle for an, an arrow. Uh, maybe maybe undo and then retry <laughs> the drawing on there. But I digress, as Efron would say. So they put the Canadian Tire logo on there. Now, um, Canadian Tire is not necessarily associated with this event, or are they? Let's go back to the article now. Uh, let's get some of the facts here, Matt Brevner. I don't know if you saw that. But um, people yeah, are outraged, that. at least a few, is saying Canadian Tire can't be promoting this culture. They can't be promoting guns and outdoorsmanship to women, even though, as you know, some Walmart sell. Uh, I worked at a Walmart, a uh, little, you know, teenage Andrew says worked at a Walmart where they sold ammunition and guns. Canadian tires do it, I believe, in some regions. So yeah. this is out, outrageous now or something, Matt Brevner, that they would may or may not support a women's shooting event. Well, there, I think there's two things. This is very telling. Firstly, this guy thinks that Canadian tire only sells like TFL air fryers and bleach. Clearly, like she's never been in, into a, a Canadian tire outside of Vancouver and Toronto. Car batteries? What is this? 
oh, whoa, really? And secondly, which I think is hilarious, is like it's a photo of three old ladies for their shooting. There's nothing more anti-patriarchy than armed women who know how to use guns. <laughs> so I mean, like, we can't have these women hunting know. for their own food. We can't have them defending themselves. Can't defend yourself but with I, a weapon in Canada, which was an interesting thing. One of our politicians said, even though that happened within the last couple of years in Calgary. But uh, continue, Matthew. I think it's pretty reckless, though, because I mean, this this tweet has what nine hundred and twenty four likes. So that's enough of a story then for Blog To 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 megaphone yes. it. Like, come yes. on, guys! Like, you want to talk about journalistic about integrity? Well, I was talking about this uh, thing that New York Post did. And you know how New York Post is now one of those places, they're like Daily Mail. They'll take any story, really. They famously broke the Hunter Biden laptop story. But they did this thing where they found, you know, five bigger women wearing uh, Hooters outfits as as costumes to a party. And this account had 4,000 followers. So they reached out to this woman and they made this whole story about, do you think Hooters should have uh, hire bigger women? And she was like, well, this was a costume that we were wearing, but yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't mind. And then they turn into this other story where this uh, TikToker or whatever she is, is saying Hooters should have uh, bigger women working at their stores. And they've kind of just manufactured their story. And the article, uh, the, the sources they use in their article, just like BlogTO is here, is like a person on Twitter said, I'd love to see more, th- more people, uh, more bigger women. <laughs> yeah, this is the story I'm talking about. They use like random tweets from people. And uh, that's something you only do as a writer when you don't have any news articles or big accounts agreeing with you. You will literally go and find a random person who says something that you want to promote or, you know, downplay or downvote, basically, like what you're saying they're doing here in BlogTO. And they're saying, oh, uh, this person is 900 likes now, probably mostly from our article. Let's blow this up because we hate, you know, well, we know what BlogTO is doing. They're, we, they want to make you angry and they want to make you click on it. Whereas me, Matt Brevner, I don't want to make you angry. I want to make you joyful. I can't lie anymore. I just, I just want you to watch me. That's all I want. <laughs> but, you know, this, that, that, that example you just shared is the journalistic equivalent of yelling fire in a movie theater, <laughs> I think, like, to be honest. Well, it's really, but, I mean, so really fishing this- for a story. The base, the story here is not, you know, it's not the headline. It's not people are now boycotting Canadian Tire over something that's done for decades. The headline here should be Ryan Lindley at Ryan Lindley <laughs> is an idiot and has never been to Canadian Tire before. That's the story. <laughs> and a thousand people retweeted it. A thousand other people are also idiots and have not been to Canadian Tire. That's the story. Sorry, but come on, man. Written by Matt Brevner tonight. <laughs> Um, let's get to some paid chats here and then we'll, uh, we'll get to the United States in a bit. I think, uh, we've had enough of Canada for the day. Adam Ottawa says all federal departments and agencies are getting these expensive inclusion coordinators. Would be good to see Sheila get some info and a report on how much it's costing us. Um, well, you know, at least $120,000 for that one. I'm sure you can just look up, um, in Ontario, there's a thing called a sunshine list. Anybody who makes over a hundred thousand dollars and is paid by the government, uh, mostly teachers get put on that list. So if it's a public job, then their salary is available uh, for you to review. That, that was one of the things um, when Patrick Brown uh, was blaming Rebel News and saying that we you know, are helping the Pierre Polyev campaign, and then one of his executive assistants said that I was being paid by Pierre Polyev, and then in order to verify <laughs> if he actually worked for Patrick Brown, all you have to do is go on, you know, the city's website and see that he's there and all their, he's, he's spending a lot, most of his government dollars on travel by car. So uh, anything that's a pu- uh, public job there, you can find online for free. What else we got? Got Adam Ottawa also. Isn't the artist community typically the most inclusive and diverse community around by default do they really want inclusion or do they want more indoctrination well yeah i think the thing is the art art you have to understand is just a reflection of society as a whole it's not like another institution although the canadian government is trying to you know make a bureaucracy out of the arts art typically is just a reflection of what's happening in in the world so i would say i mean 
art, the art community is the most inclusive community. And I don't mean inclusive by political lingo. I mean, literally, it's just an amalgam of whoever wants to create art. Well, that's whoever wants to express themselves. That is the artist community. So, yeah, I think uh, I think the government's play and meddling in this is more about indoctrination and inclusivity, to be honest. But I think art traditionally is by default the most inclusive because it's just yeah, it's just a reflection of what average people think and what they're willing, how they express themselves, right? A big TBH from Matt Prevner. Uh, we, I, we got a few more here. G Melinda G60. Okay, just came on my Roku TV Rumble channel 24 minutes in with what I assume is a kiss emoji. Somebody troubleshooting with us live. Um, I believe she also said the thumbnails listed on Rumble says it's not, says it's live, but it's not playing today. I had to find you on my telegram again bless you for sharing that with thank us you. thank you for watching um i think there's one more at least go ahead man yeah from king 7734 uh trudeau was not wearing a mask on the train guess he wanted to get some of that steamer in his mouth That's i don't like, know what that means so, but <laughs> it's so graphically vague <laughs> like you know yeah. it's like you know it's supposed to be like coursed, but you're not sure exactly what he means. <laughs> no comment from yeah. Matt. He's too nice of a guy. <laughs> um, all right. Okay, let's go to on the other side of this. We're going to check out AOC and Ilhan Omar pretending to be handcuffed. And we're going to get to our American stories. But we have a new uh, piece coming out. I believe Matt Brevner is probably involved with this. Uh, tell me if I'm wrong, Matt. Uh, you want to cue this up, a new uh, trailer from you guys? Sure, yeah. So um, Dre and I went up to uh, Kamloops uh, Indian Residential School uh, initially last summer to cover the announcement of the 215 uh, bodies discovered in the mass grave, which subsequently led to all of the church vandalism and, and under you know that narrative underpinned our, our federal election, et cetera, et cetera. And a year later, we realized there hasn't been much uh, revelation or discovery uh, to, you know, substantiate the claim. So we went back up there uh, to sniff around a little bit, and we uh, we ended up shooting a full-length uh, feature documentary. Um, so this is the trailer for that, and that'll be coming out uh, in the following weeks. Well, the remains of 215 children have been found in a mass grave in Canada. Many of you know that just over a year ago, the discovery of the remains of 215 children was found at the Kamloops Indian Residential School at the Tecumseh First Nation. But what if I were to show you that what I just said wasn't true and that in fact a year later not a single body has been found this mass grave is a painful reminder of the genocide Canada's leaders aren't condemning the burning of churches no they're endorsing the burning of churches a juvenile rib bone that surfaced in the same area yeah we're gonna have to post that online um if we can get that posted on uh rebel news twitter right now uh producer efron or social media guru yakov please do and we will throw to that at the end if we can um because we've got so many good docs right now we don't want you to like first impressions are everything Matt Prevner is what i'm trying to get out here so we don't want to have a a, a poorly rendered version going out there it's something with the connection here um on zoom i imagine so i'm gonna blame china as we always <laughs> it's like it's china um aoc and ilhan omar and possibly ayana presley i want to say were multiple members at congress yesterday um and of course they're still going ham on the abortion stuff uh, I, I think they I'm willing to bet that AOC does not understand what the ruling means. Um, and who else did I say? Ayanna Presley probably does. Ilhan Omar probably does. I think they're smarter than AOC. But AOC is just not a bright girl. She lies a lot about where she's from. She fundamentally misunderstands stuff. 
um, that she's being told to at congressional hearings. And she was there as part of a protest. And if we can get some of the video, here's the photo that a lot of the leftist media ran with was her with her hands behind her back from a straight on angle. But what her and uh, Ilhan Omar did is they just, when they were being escorted, they just put their hands behind their back as if they were in handcuffs. And you don't usually just do that. Like if you're being escorted out of somewhere, ask David Menzies, you don't just put your hands behind your back for no reason. You do if you're about to be cuffed and you're cooperating, but you don't just walk around with your hands behind your back um, when you're being escorted out by police. They sort of just like walk with you and at worst grab your arm. But uh, I think it's fairly obvious that they did this on purpose, judging by the amount and distance they were walking with just their hands behind their back. Can we show some of that video. See, he's just holding her elbow. No, she's a member of the house. No, she's not a member of the house, whoever is saying that. Um, yeah, he's just got his fingers on her elbow, and she's walking around with her arms behind her back. Matt, she's even doing, as we can see towards the end here, she's doing like a fake waddle as if her arms are detained behind her back watch when she starts walking sort of towards the camera watch her posture of her legs here as she sort of starts walking side to side like right there right there yeah it's like she's in the chain like, gang or something yeah she's either got an extreme wedgie from the policeman or she's pretending she's handcuffed did we find out producers if they were among the people who were actually arrested or were they just detained and escorted off the property did we find that because i know the dc police said that they had arrested uh, protesters, some of which were congressional members. What that specifically means, I wasn't sure. Did we find the article on that, or can we pull that up? Uh, Matt, why why do you think they would do this? Well, it's a great photo opportunity. If you look at this, <laughs> how much attention just this tweet is getting. Um, it's dangerous when people in power purposely stoke and fan the flames of mis misinformation to rile up and enrage their base. And that may work for the short term, but eventually that fire becomes too big and it engulfs, you know, the inst very institutions that fan them. I, I have a hard time believing, it, even if AOC doesn't understand what Roe v. Wade means, her advisors do, or her colleagues do, you know, and it's just, it's a dangerous game that the our, our progressive, you know the western progressive politicians are playing right now literally pulling out the the you know the founding pillars of society and expecting it to stand still like i don't know I've, this is just more of that more political theater okay. the it would it'd be nice to hear what the truth is though because i thought this tweet was a little bit confusing to me she fakes being handcuffed after being arrested well was she arrested or not arrested because usually when you're arrested you're handcuffed right Yes, so they probably aren't going to handcuff a sitting congresswoman, but it says apparently she is among 17 people who were actually arrested. At least 17 U.S. lawmakers arrested abortion rights protests. Of course, Ilhan Omar, she's Somalian, uh, very Muslim country. They wouldn't be protesting against or in favor of abortions in her country. She wouldn't be either. I know you say, Andrew, how can you know that? You gotta just trust me on that one. Um, she's not an honest person. She comes from a place where she doesn't want to live. That's why she's in America. And Somalia has terrible, terrible things going on there. Uh, I feel sorry for the people. They have female gen. I think the leader in female genital mutilation, where they sew up women's private parts and they cut off all their parts. I don't know how graphic we can be on YouTube, but you know, um, these are just people lying out there and they go to this protest knowing that they're going to be committing a crime. They're going to be told that that's why they're pretending that their hands are in handcuffs because they know they're going to be escorted out. The police probably told them that if you do this, we're going to have to arrest you. We have any choice. And then they fake handcuffs all those so that they can say, Hey, look, we are fighting for it. So they didn't go and give any speech or anything. AOC usually does a yellow thing, she, uh, yelling thing. She throws a black power fist in the air because she thinks she's from the hood, which we all know. And um, <clears throat> she's, she's a pretend activist. She makes plenty of money. She's not from a bad place. She's a former bartender. She was 
uh, auditioned for her role to be put in a campaign for an election in her district. She didn't always go as uh, AOC or full name. She went by Sandy. All these other things. She's from the same place as Michael Knowles. Um, very privileged background. And they just and just like I'm saying about Ilhan Omar, who may or may not have married her brother to bring him into the country. Um, they have very privileged lives and they fly over there and they say, well, I'm going to show up and fake being arrested and well, fake being handcuffed, I should say, for the day and then go back home. And I and I've done my part in that way. People will see I'm really fighting for them. But AOC is not about to say, hey, let's have some um, actual discussions about Roe v. Wade. She's not about to say, let's have some discussions about abortion rights. She's going to go back to her congressional office. Being a congresswoman from a state where there are no virtually any abortion restrictions, you can have it right up to the moment of birth in the state of New York. Um, so what she's doing is meaningless. It's to convince 16 through 25-year-old progressives who don't know any better that she's really fighting for us. Meanwhile, she couldn't pass a single bill if her life depended on it. We saw what happened with the Green New Deal. It failed miserably. So now they're forcing that through. That's another story. But these are fake people who have gotten into their position solely for the power and money that comes with it. AOC can go on Instagram Live and cook and drunkenly misinterpret the law as much as she wants. That's, that doesn't matter to her. What matters to her is the number in the corner of the screen of how many people want to view her. That's fine, but probably not fine if you're a congresswoman. Well, if we learned anything from the Red Revolution, the 16 to 25-year-old misinformed are the most dangerous. So she's literally riling up this, sto like stoking up this this base. Uh, it's terrifying, honestly. Like it's it's all it's all fun and games. We can laugh about it right now. But I will say, at least she, you know, is an American politician. She's going to speak on American politics as an American politician. That's great. The tone deafness of our prime minister, you know, uh, disavowing uh, Ro the Roe v. Wade overturning from Rwanda. This guy <laughs> has, has the audacity to speak about our closest ally, our big brother militarily, when we're literally at war or just about at war in Europe. You know, but at war by proxy, anyways. To say that one third of the of the institution, which is our big brother militarily, is abhorrent and you know disdainful and whatever. Well, in a country that is very aggressively against abortion and and never mind abortion, just equal rights generally, and I mean real equal rights, not this pseudo left equal rights thing that we've created. It's just it's that is reckless abandon. That is terrifying, and I don't think we should let that slide, honestly. You see that tweet from verified Twitterer Efron Monsanto. Bless him. All right, we're almost out of time here. I don't think we have any more paid chats. Get them in uh, right at the end. Oh, no way. We have a few more, it looks like. I've uh, I've lied to you guys. Let's go ahead and do those. I have to give them a second, Matt. I'm being too pushy here. Um, I want to also play for you guys before we leave. Or maybe we won't have time, but Russell Brand's talking about the Great Reset. And I feel almost proud of Russell Brand for how far he's come. If you look back like seven years ago or six years ago, he's on BBC being like, oh, I don't know what the solution is. But with terrible Russell Brand accent, uh, a little bit more uh, harder on that accent. I should ask Lewis, but he said, I don't know what the solution is, but it's some sort of socialism. And now he basically talks about the Great Reset. And I thought he was spot on. And I think we'll be able to play that. But um, I want to make sure we have time for there we go. Yeah, let's play a couple minutes of this. Then we'll get uh, to the paid chats and say goodbye. Go ahead and click play, please. Protesting, hating the environment. What is it? Are farmers all bastards or are we <laughs> seeing the beginning of the Great Reset play out in real time? And to check whether or not that's a reality or a conspiracy theory, because we can never be sure, let's check what Klaus Schwab, the inventor of the Great Reset, which is something that he says himself, said in 2020. We have to prepare for a more angry world. Why? Why have we got to prepare for a more angry world? What's going to happen, Klaus, like that's going to make the world more angry? We shouldn't be preparing for that. We should be trying to prevent it. We should be thinking about ways to share resources, empower ordinary people, coming to terms with the fact that some people identify in very progressive ways, some people identify in traditional ways, that the globalist culture is being rejected by everybody, that people are feeling disempowered, that no one trusts the agenda of these globalists, that when they say we're doing this for climate change, they don't believe them, that when they 
say we're doing this because we want equality between races or genders or sexualities. Don't believe them. It's all demonstrative. It's all fatic, sats, trickery to prevent ordinary people getting on with their lives and to further centralise corporate power and to make sure that the state operates essentially as the henchmen for corporate interests. And uh, how to prepare? Uh, it means to take the necessary action. Necessary action could mean lockdowns. Necessary action could mean that we're going to say to the agricultural industry, you can't use these fertilizers anymore. And that might impact the livelihood of these farmers. And they're probably only using these fertilizers anyway, because it's the only effective way to turn a profit with the conditions and stipulations that are placed on their industry as a result of other regulations, probably that have come from the WEF or some other globalist funded body that controls what used to be national or All even right. local Let's interests. Pause it there. These kind of things come at a cost. Let's pause it there. Russell Brand is a guy who's well off, who decided I'm going to start doing videos from my own home studio about things that the governments all across the world are going to start hating me for. And I don't think I've ever heard a clip from him like that, where he was so on the nose and so accurate about what's going on right now. And I just wanted to mention that. And I just wanted to throw that in there because he's come a long way and not that he has owes me anything, but he's come a long way where I thought I felt like I really just didn't agree with him to this point now where I think he's speaking so accurately that it's very good of him to speak to millions of people I think every single day despite you know Hollywood's not going to work with him all these people in England probably aren't going to work with him but he's still saying it anyway and he's actually being one of these people that you hear about in a mythical land we're giving up their millions upon millions of dollars in fame to what I think is speaking truth to power and I don't usually say that sort of thing yeah, all I can say after watching that is uh, Russell Brand didn't kill himself. <laughs> Black Pill Brevner at it again. All right, let's get to these paid chats and then we'll say goodbye, hopefully, with the documentary trailer. Adam Ottawa says all federal departments and agencies. Um, we saw this one already. But bless you, Adam Ottawa. Bless you very hard. Whatever that means. January triple seven says Trudeau flew flags at half mass for six months over the Kamloops graves that never existed. Another colossal Trudeau failure and counting. Um, not just Trudeau, but every uh province did that for an extreme and unnecessary amount of time. Yeah, it's I guess uh, we'll have to watch to find out, Matt. I don't think that's something that we we try to scratch on in this documentary. I don't think we really can begin to understand the cultural ramifications of this international uh, news debacle yet, because just think back to the time of like during the elections and how much this literally framed our whole election debates in the middle of like a, a tanking economy and a pandemic. We spent more time talking about this subject, which is, you know, than anything else, which should worry us. You know, we, we need a refund. I think. <laughs> Press that <laughs> coin return button, you know, uh, for better or for worse, I was in a hospital lately and they had one of those coin machines and it didn't work. The vending machine didn't work. I was outraged. I wanted a lemonade. I think we have one more. Go ahead, Matt. Wow. What fast delivery of my <laughs> Trudeau slash Castro eye shirt. Oh, sorry. T-shirt. <laughs> my eye shirt. My eye shirt. I'm like, ooh, that's a new one. My I think that's sleeveless. Right. <laughs> I'm going to wear it to the rally for Kara McMinn at Hamilton City Hall at four o'clock. She is crossing Canada on her bike. Oh, that's great. Thank you, Fraser McBurney. I appreciate that. This is some clout stealing. Uh, the guy who already walked across Canada, we're biking across Canada. And we've also seen that one. If it's happening in Hamilton, producer Efron will be there, I think, with bells on. He yeah. literally wears bells, wears a jacket with frills, rhinestones, and bells. So he's jingling across the place to get his ticket from bylaw for shaking hands and for filming, I think. Yeah, he owns that town, so I'm looking forward to see what comes yeah. of that. He gonna run this town tonight. He just listens to that on loop. Um, I think we're out of time here, producers Efron and Olivia. Thank you so much for everything. Rebelnews.com slash live streams is the best place to get our daily feed on Rumble, Odyssey, or YouTube. And I think we're even live on Getter most of the time. Matt Brevner of Matt Brevner's YouTube channel and Rebelnews.com. I am Andrew of Andrew Says. My new show tomorrow night is with the 
YouTuber Danny Mullen. I can't thank you guys enough for joining me from my home studio where my back has betrayed me. I love you all. I miss you, Matt Brevner. Let us throw let us throw to this new trailer, rebelnewsplus.com documentary. We have so many good ones on there. We have so many good shows, like Andrew says, but mainly the documentaries in the Ezra Levant show. And we want you guys to sign up at rebelnewsplus.com. We will see you probably next week. Week, week. Well, the remains of 215 (laughs) children have been found in a mass grave in Canada. Many of you know that just over a year ago, the discovery of the remains of 215 children was found at the Kamloops Indian Residential School at the Kamloops Shiswemek First Nation. But what if I were to show you that what I just said wasn't true and that in fact, a year later, not a single body has been found? This mass grave is a painful reminder of the genocide. Canada's leaders aren't condemning the burning of churches. No, they're endorsing the burning of churches. A juvenile rib bone that surfaced in the same area. You'd be surprised the number of people who say, you know, I'm a doctor, I'm a paramedic, and this is definitely a human bone, and it's hmm. definitely a Is it the chief? Yes. The people killed.